This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Total Saints podcast. This is our weekly get-together where we discuss the last seven days supporting Southampton Football Club. We're live streaming our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe to the channel to be the first to see our new videos. As always, a massive thank you to our TSP patrons who make all of this possible. You can visit patreon.com forward slash Total Saints podcast to find out more about getting involved. Coming up this week on the pod, we reflect on a dreadful game of football in London, Saints suffering a narrow defeat at West Ham. And from second to bottom, next up, it's second from top. We'll preview the visit of Manchester City. My name's Martin Stark, and I'm joined this week by Steve Grant, who's the owner of Saints Web, and Glenda Lacour, the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 227 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. Our eighth 1-0 defeat of the season came against West Ham at the London Stadium. Uh, Glenn, another poor game and a disappointing result. Once more, we're talking about a 1-0 defeat. Were we wrong to expect anything better this afternoon? Um, probably, but you do, don't you? You know, you have a couple of weeks away and you, and you, you know, you look at the 10 games left and, and, and think that we're going to do something different. We're going to contribute something <laughs> we're actually going to try and score some goals and uh, and and maybe even win a game you're hoping that the penny is going to drop that we're in serious stuff now and we need to start picking up points what what you didn't expect was yet another insipid nothing performance where we didn't do didn't do a thing really and um and the, the sad thing is that from the moment the team news dropped at, at one o'clock you kind of knew that was coming kind of knew that we weren't going to um weren't going to really come flying out the traps or anything like that we we picked a front four with zero goals in it basically i, I think the three of us have only scored um two goals less than that front four has <laughs> this season 
So you knew that I know the players who aren't playing haven't scored many goals either. But um, you know, it was just you try not to be too negative when you see the team line up and just go, okay, let's let's see what happens. Maybe there's maybe there's something different going to happen. But but nothing did. You know, we we picked up we picked a team to be to be solid out of possession and 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 basically we were in the first half and and the first twenty minutes was was going okay. We were restricting West Ham to nothing really and the crowd was beginning to turn on them and then um and then Paul Tierney steps in with the first of many dubious decisions I mean everyone seemed to be slating Chiletta's are for the challenge on Bowen but in, in my opinion that free kick should have been the other way Bowen actually kicks him but having said that we're giving away the free kick you've got to defend it and we of course didn't um it was lack of marking we just our, our standard thing was just stand there hoping for an offside it was an offside why on earth it took four minutes to get to that decision don't really know be guessing you know and one nil down and, and another thing I can't he, he scored with a header from 20 yards and Bazunu looked like a six-year-old in goal he, he was nowhere near it I mean maybe maybe that's harsh but he just there's just like no no presence there and it just sort of floated into the net and and there you go we woke up had the shot from Perro virtually straight away. Um, first half, just re- remainder of it fizzled out. Um, second half started, no changes, nothing. You know, the, I mean, the, the first change left Theo Walcott playing as a number nine. So it was just him and Alcaraz up front. So we've got two midfielders up front. Um, so that that was strange. And it was it was only when, um, I mean, Suleimana had decent initial impacts. It was only when Onuachu came on, and I mean, he he didn't do much, but he at least um, he at least got that header on target. And we had we looked like we had a bit of an attacking plan. Then we you know we worked the crossing position for Prowsey, put it in the mix, and this is what we've been saying all along: you've got to use Onoachu the right way. You know, use him for what he's good at. But it, it was it was just just not enough, and it's just a, another pathetic shambles of a display really which in the situation we're in you, you just can't afford to have them and, and we've had it so many times this season so many times I mean did anyone expect us to score in the second half I didn't you know because you've 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 seen how insipid it is f- from the start and it's just if you start games so slowly in an attacking sense it's very very difficult to suddenly even when you bring new players on it's very very difficult to just go right I'm, we're now going to switch and we're now going to try and batter the opposition goal but just just not enough for me deserve to lose really you know West Ham didn't even have to be that good they didn't have to do much just win the win the free kick and wait for us to you know implode again and that and that's what we did so um I mean the biggest cheer I had all game was Brendan Rodgers getting sacked halfway through the first half <laughs> the, the breaking news that came <laughs> yeah, up yeah that was it that was you, that was great it's the biggest cheer of the first half funnily so, enough you were the first person that I thought of when the breaking news bar came up with that one yeah I've had, I've had a few messages <laughs> <laughs> um a couple of messages already Nick saying Saints just not fit for purpose in the Premier League this year and Will who's watching on uh YouTube says Steve looks like a vicar tonight I, I appreciate that's not going to translate <laughs> particularly well into those that are listening to the podcast or on the radio but um can you just confirm Steve you, you've not been at church today you no, were at the game zip. weren't you it's oh it's right. not a dog collar underneath no okay um you were there today it all seemed pretty flat and pedestrian um watching on the telly what did you make of the game flat on the pitch flat in the stands it was it was a baffling it was a weird game weird atmosphere um nobody seemed interested either on or off the pitch it was it was just bizarre given the supposedly high stakes West Ham were awful didn't really do a whole lot 
the whole game. I mean, when they brought Antonio on for Ings, they went from ten having ten men on the pitch to eleven, and yet, yeah, we we just never quite did enough. Every like we were neat and tidy in the first half, and we were we were executing kind of what what looked did really look like our plan of keep it tight first half and then probably go a bit more a uh, bit more attack minded to win it in the second and that was kind of working up until basically up until that that free kick was given um you could see that the F- west ham fans were getting on getting on the team's back they were getting they were getting fed up of us pushing them back and p- forcing passes back to back to fabianski all the time and and yeah we we were kind of relatively in control at that point and then we get that free kick which yeah I mean I, I kind of I mean from from our end it, it did look like Bowen basically missed the ball and just went through on on Chaleta Sar rather than rather than the other way around but when Bowen's the guy who ends up on on the deck no huge surprise that Paul Tierney gives a decision um his way but yeah that that free kick we got got to defend better but I guess it's kind of I mean this kind of feels like the the fine margins payback from two or three years ago where we were absolutely superb at those at defending those sort of um the offside lines and, and playing the offside trap and and every single uh, marginal one like during the covid seasons basically went our way because we'd worked so hard on it and we timed it brilliantly um this one we've got it ever so slightly wrong and we've paid the price for it because once they go one nil, it's it's Moyes ball, isn't it? You can West Ham are quite happy to sit back and soak it up, knowing that we were basically playing in front of them rather than trying to get them to turn and run back towards their own goal. And then they could look to hit us on the break. And they had a couple, they had a couple of decent uh, decent chances on the break. But I mean, there was one first half where Elianusi covered really well, had to sprint about sixty yards to to stay up with play and did did superbly there I thought but from an attacking sense we just it just wasn't quite clicking and it, it was all really pedestrian Stu Armstrong as you occasionally want to do just kind of almost seemed to be playing in reverse gear it was very strange that he he worked himself into some really good positions and then would suddenly find that he'd gone into a worse position sort of within like a fraction of a second or so and then he'd lay try and lay the ball off and he'd misplace a pass or it would be woefully under hit and we'd give the ball away um so that was that was infuriating Stu Armstrong's an interesting one though because time was the team only won when he was playing when he was starting you know and and he would be one of the first names on the team sheet but it just seems to me I don't quite know what's going on whether it's been the injuries but he's just not the player he was and he was almost a liability today yeah I I I mean, first game back after the international break, where he's obviously been away. I mean, and we've seen this a lot, haven't we, over over his time with us, where he goes away for Scotland, regardless of whether he actually gets any minutes for them. He seems to come back looking looking unfit. Whether that's because they're uh, the training that Steve Clark's putting them through up there is is particularly intensive, or whether or whether it was just a a kind of overall thing from from the minutes he did play. I don't know, but yeah, he he looked he looked so far off the pace. But I mean, you would assume that he'd looked all right in training during the week because you would imagine they've. I mean, obviously he'd have only been back what thir- Wednesday, Thursday, I guess. But they'd have surely worked on the the team system in in those last couple of um, last couple of training sessions, and for him to have slotted in um, into the starting lineup rather than someone like say Sulemana. He must he must have must have shown that he was he was up to speed and, and ready to go. But I mean our from from what, what we all saw in those ninety minutes, he was no nowhere near it. 
we'll talk about the the formation a little bit later because I think there's a lot to get into around that and the fact that it's really not working. Just on the the goal, Glenn. I mean, that's twelve goals conceded from set pieces. Now it's it's every time they come out and say we we need to learn from this, we need to work on it, we need to get better at defending, and mm. yet every time you can see it coming a mile away. Yeah, I mean, you know, we say we say that a lot. We've got, we've got to learn from things. You know, we've got we've got to learn from conceding goals from set pieces. We got to learn from starting games slowly. You know, we 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 took everyone talks. No one actually does anything. I mean, I kept, what what was that stat again? Twelve. Uh, I think played. it's twelve goals conceded from set pieces. Yeah, I think uh, one team in the league, from what I remember, were worse than us, and that's Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, and we nearly let in one at the end as well, didn't we? From a mm-hmm. someone someone got free at the back post standard sort of thing that we do i was was it zuma headed over the bar someone did anyway but yeah it's it it's like a it's like a bomb going off it doesn't matter who which center halves we've got playing or or you know who who's on the pitch anywhere it just it just seems to be we we have no idea what to do and considering we've got a dedicated set piece coach haven't we yeah Uh, you know i mean (laughs) <laughs> is there any uh is there it's, any account- it's a parody role at the moment isn't it it's- yeah is there any accountability for these guys <laughs> i'm sure i'd get sacked if i was that bad at my job but uh it's not as if we're scoring from set pieces either is no it? no you know and and we've got you know one of the best set piece deliverers around and but we don't we don't look a threat up that end quite often uh very often rather and um yeah it's just it's it's just terrible. I just we seem to be over reliant on sort of like blocking players and looking for offsides. This is something that came in with with Ralph. As Steve was saying earlier on with the, with the COVID games, he seemed to use that period to get us very well organised and very well drilled. Now, when they during the four minutes when the when they were trying to work out whether it was offside or not, they sort of like put a couple of steals up on the screen and and you could see that virtually all the Saints players had held their position, but Sekumara had just moved back a little bit. Now, and obviously this is, I'm not panning Sekumara for that, but he's, he's a player who's not been in the team that often. So he's probably not as well, as well drilled with it. You know, he took a step back with, I think it was Suchek who was behind him. And that's what played a Gerd on side in front of him. And let's say I can't can't work out why it took four minutes because it looked very obvious that it was a perfectly okay goal. But you know, I still think there's a lot to be said from actually your big guys marking their big guys and trying to win the headers. But um, but there you go. What do I know? The modern the the modern way is 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 not to do that. You know, there's other teams that are very very bad at it as well. I mean, you know, Leicester, our, our mate Brendan Rogers, they've been very bad at it for a couple of seasons now. And um, as Steve said, we we've been decent at defending sort of set pieces and whatnot, and and then suddenly it's just completely gone. And um, it and unfortunately, it's 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 too easy. You know, you, the, the other team isn't having to work hard to score a goal. You think about it today. West Ham didn't get an hour half for the first no. twenty five minutes. They get a dubiously one free kick. It's thrown in from forty five yards away, forty yards away, whatever. Yeah, it was almost on halfway that, wasn't it? Yeah. And and it's just they haven't had to work hard for that, have they? Let's face it. And it's and it's for for a team that scores as few as we do, to give away soft goals like that, it's just gonna kill you. 
it's going to cost us. Steve, we looked much better when Alcarez and Sulemara came on. Were you surprised he didn't change it up at half time and, and maybe start that second half with a bit of momentum and a bit of energy? It, it's, it's an odd five or six minutes into the second half. Seems like an odd time to then make your subs and, and roll the dice when you could have done it earlier. Yeah, I mean, you, you blow one of your three opportunities for making a sub as well, don't you, by by waiting. But, I mean, it's it's a time time old thing, isn't it? Manager goes into the dressing room, not happy with what he's seen. Right, lads, you've got 10, 15 minutes to put it right, or otherwise someone else is coming on. That's that's traditionally how most managers operate. There are very few managers that actually take that really decisive action of of making changes either at halftime or even in, even in the first half when it's just patently not working. And yeah, I think, I mean, arguably Sellers could have been braver and do it at halftime, but actually, I mean, he's, he's left it, what, seven or eight minutes? It's very early in the second half we've made those those first two changes. I'm not sure those those seven or eight minutes made a tangible difference or would have done sort of to the way the the second half panned out i thought i thought second half we were we were kind of fine we we certainly looked once those subs were made we looked a lot more a lot more sharp between the lines um alcaraz's runs were were very good walcott was making making more runs and and therefore giving players more options and obviously sulemana was was starting to actually run at run at the fullback which then gave perro the overlap and all of a sudden we were we were starting to cause some problems but again we didn't get the ball into the box enough yeah we had we had probably three crosses into the box in this in that second half that were vaguely sort of 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 any quality in terms of um, where whereabouts into the box they were put into um one of them we've hit the bar from and yeah it's it's just frustrating i mean we've we've given we've given up given on to probably four crosses into the box targeted him with four crosses since he joined at the end of January and we're now in April and um, the guy's six foot seven and you can see the two headers that he's won in the penalty area one against Chelsea nearly scored Hmm. one today where he's where he's come two inches from scoring and that's those are the fine margins that that we always talk about that's the that's why the big play the big money players get the get the big money and it's that's the difference and we've we're just the wrong side of that line at the moment it's it's frustrating and especially so when you when you consider how i mean i mean this doesn't obviously reflects very very badly on spurs um two weeks ago but we looked like we could we could score plenty in that game and and obviously scoring three i mean we'd not done that for for more than a year so mm-hmm. we we looked a lot more a lot more potent in that game when when the game was game was a little bit obviously a little bit more open spurs were quite happy to play that way uh West Ham don't and which is probably why with the players that they've got it's probably why they're still um still down there struggling a little bit but yeah we've we've got we've just got to find a way to um kind of grasp kind of force the percentages back in our favor really because I mean, let's be honest West Ham have probably had three chances today and in most I think in most games at pretty much any level if you if you come off the pitch and you've restricted the opposition to three or four vaguely presentable chances then you're probably you're probably quite satisfied with that especially if you're a you're a team in the bottom half of the table we're still in the games aren't we yeah. and that's the and, thing you know with, with yeah. like 60 70 minutes on the clock we're still in the games and that's something which we weren't before we've not always yeah. been able to say that yeah but you've then got you then rely on the the guys at the other end of the pitch um being being a little bit clinical as well and that's that's ultimately where we've fallen short basically since kind of march um, last year, 
So it's it's not a new problem. It's a problem that three managers have struggled to solve now. And yeah, I mean, I think I think you kind of look th- look throughout the league, and and there's a real dearth of sort of potent strike forces these days. Um, it's only really the the sort of big clubs who can afford to splash 50, 60 million pound on a single player because you're then theoretically buying buying a guarantee really. Whereas um, at our level, you're, you're always taking a bit of a punt and hoping that the player fits into the system. And I think on Onwachu doesn't doesn't really fit the the overall style that we're looking to play. But maybe he's the guy that's that's probably got probably going to have the best chance of success in front of goal going forwards. I don't know. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So let's just get into that for a little bit, and I'd be interested to get people's comments if they're watching tonight. I mean, Steve mentioned on an actually there, um, we have one decent ball into the box. He hits the bar. Is that going to be the key to scoring some goals going forward? There's a couple of things at play. We're not scoring goals. We paid money for a striker, and we don't start him. We don't bring him on when we need him. We bring him on final throw of the dice so Glenn is it back to the fact that the the 4-2-2-2 isn't working it didn't work for Ralph it, it clearly isn't working it's why we're in the mess that we're in we're too narrow when we play it we haven't got the players to play it the number 10s aren't there is is sticking to the playbook and going back to these these habits that Sellers has been talking about is that going to be the downfall and, and do we need to change things up for these last was it nine games now yeah of course we do but will we I, I don't see anything to suggest that we will. When when are they going to wake up? When when when's the you know the the first first team manager and the coaching staff and the players? When are they going to wake up? What we're doing ain't working. It isn't working. We go into all these games against middling to poor teams and we do nothing. It's just it, it's just not good enough. I mean, you know, talk about Ruben Sellers. Apart from being better than Nathan Jones, what is he adding at the moment? We've just gone back to Ralph's tactics. And Ralph got sacked for a reason, you know, and, it, you know, I'm very much of the opinion that Ralph needed to go, mm. but I don't get what what Ruben Sellers is, is actually adding at the moment. We're just, we're just playing the, trying to play the same way that Ralph set up. We might as well have kept him. To be a good manager for Saints, you've, you've got to add something to make us better than the sum of the parts because we haven't got, we're never going to have great players you know that's just that's just a fact of life you you've got to add something you you've got to have something that that makes us better you know sellers has waited a long time for his chance as he keeps on saying he's he's got to put his mark on it you know he's he's got to try and actually do something different and if even if it's you know okay we'll 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 try and get wide we'll put two wingers really wide and try and get crosses into the box um for a big guy out front if if that's what it takes but 
do something different because doing the same thing over again, it's definition of madness stuff. We've lost, Sellers has been in the dugout for every one of these abysmal 1-0 defeats that we've had. Every single one, he's been in the dugout and he's probably analysed every single game afterwards in his role as assistant manager, first team coach, and now, and now the manager. So why are we doing the same things over and over again? It, it, it drives me mental. So you, you keep thinking, I mean, I thought, you know, we've, we've had a habit over the last few years, international break, we've come back with a bit of impetus, new ideas, and, we, and we've done something different. But I didn't see anything today. No. Didn't see anything today that was, that was any different to the dismal defeat we had at Aston Villa, the dismal defeat we had at Crystal Palace, dismal defeat we had at home to whoever it was, Everton. You know, it's, it's nine games left. Two of them are against City and Arsenal. Yep. It was, you know, I mean, West Ham away is not an easy game, but it's easier than Arsenal and... and yeah, we, we wanted <laughs> and to see Manchester a better performance. We, we needed more than three shots on target. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, we do we do have to do something different. Now, you you see when... I mean, I agree with Steve that the, the tactic or the game plan for today was obviously keep it tight, then chuck Suleimana on... And and they or, and whoever and then try and win the game in the second half. Put them on from the start. Mm. Let's let's go for it from the first whistle. Not hope that we're still in the game. Sixty-five minutes. We've done it. We've tried that so many times. It doesn't work. We're not good enough because we're not good enough defensively to knock cough something up. And and once we're behind, especially as Steve said, against a team like West Ham, who are perfectly happy with David Moyes to stick ten men behind the ball and say, "Go on then." You know, I felt mm-hmm. like we could we could have had ninety nine percent possession today, and we still wouldn't have done anything with it. Um, and it's all very well. It was that Thomas Frank said about us last week, didn't it? Or a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? He said, you know, Saints were probably the better side up until the penalty area. Yeah. And you know, we all know it. it managers yeah. who don't we've, watch us every every we've been saying um, it every week, haven't we? Every week, and you know, so when are we going to do it? It's you know, it, it ain't no good waiting until there's three games to go because we'll we'll be gone by then. Yeah. yeah. No matter, even with the league being as sort of messed up as it is this season with all these poor teams in the bottom half, um, there's going to come a point where we're going to be six, seven points adrift. If we I thought it was, it was interesting. I heard Prousey being interviewed afterwards and, and I don't know the, the exact quote because I haven't got it in front of me, but it was something like he, he felt like it was okay because we stuck to the game plan. He said, oh, you know, for a large chunks of the game, we stuck to the game plan. And and then you kind of think, well, maybe that is what the problem is and that's what needs to change. And Steve, is it more about finding a system that can fit Alcaraz and Sudamara and Onanachu from the start? Because it seems to me like when we're doing playing 4-2-2-2, two, 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 there's the number 10s are okay the midfield is all right but perhaps we haven't got those strikers and then when you bring in the strikers they're not as good in that system so maybe it needs to be 4-3-3 and just need to find a way of getting balls into the box yeah i mean i'd say certainly the first two of those getting Suleimana and um alcaraz into into the side because alcaraz technically is is next you surprised he didn't start today or is that the system again he doesn't fit in the four you know he's not a great 10 yeah possibly i mean it depends on i mean we've we've kind of flicked haven't we a little bit between the the 433 and the 4222 quite a fair bit um in the sort of since sellers took over and you can kind you can kind of see him he can fit into both i think because i mean as he as we saw today when he came on he went up front Mm. And he played, he played off the right fine. hand. He played off the right hand side in Argentina as well. Hmm. Yeah, you know, so he's 
he's clearly got the he's clearly got the capability to play in a variety of these sort of either central or or sort of attacking roles. So and we've we've seen the technical ability he's got. He he can spot a pass. He's he's very good in tight spaces. Isn't afraid to take the ball in into feet despite having players around him. And yeah, he's 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 clearly got something about him. Um, Suleimana is basically our one kind of wild card in terms of raw pace. Walcott's got it in little bursts, but he's 34 years old. It's not going to be a, I don't think it's going to be too much of a surprise to defenders when Theo Walcott's kind of running off, running off the shoulder. Whereas Suleiman at his age and with his sort of little explosive, little shifts, shifts in the body, move, move the ball to one side and go. He's just got that, that little X factor, which I think is going to be really important for us down this, down this closing stretch. I think if, if anyone is going to kind of drag us, drag us kicking and screaming somehow above that dotted line. Um, I actually think it's going to be him. Um, he's the guy that's got that, just got that little something that nobody else in the, in the team really has. Um, so personally, I, personally, I'd like to see a dozy come back at least into the squad. Mm. Cause he's another one that can, that can do something in terms of, you know, beating a player one-on-one because I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned Walcott there. Walcott's played really well, but, his pace is such that he can't do it on his own yeah. now. And, you know, you can't just play it over the top like you could when he played played for Arsenal. And he, he was signed as an, an impact sub, wasn't he? You know, he was never yeah. signed to be a, a, a starter that was going to try and drag us out of trouble. Yeah. It's, um, well, let's talk about the next couple of games because I think in a bad season, maybe 36 points should be enough to to keep us up. Um, the goal difference isn't great at the moment, so we might need 12, 15 points. Um, Manchester City away next, which we'll come to. Home. And then we're looking at where, are, uh, sorry, home, yeah. Where are the, the four or five wins going to come from? Um, and, and are we going to make it to 30? All of a sudden, Glenn, that, that Palace game at home, this is the one where you, we've got to go for it. Well, if we don't beat Palace and Bournemouth at home, we're dead. Yeah. We're absolutely dead because where else are we going to get points from? So you're looking at so City and Arsenal, no chance at Arsenal. And Newcastle away as well, I think, isn't it? Newcastle away, no chance. Yeah. Um, City at home. I mean, we, we've been we've been rubbish at Newcastle, even when they've been terrible. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Arsenal, we never get anything in the league. I know we've won cup games there, but we we never get anything in the league. City next week, we're not. You know, Pep isn't going to leave the door open like he did in the Carabao Cup game. Because they're in the situation now where they need to win practically every game to have a chance yep. of winning the league, mm-hmm. so they're going to be going for it. The the games we might pick up something Fulham and Brighton, because yeah, you know, even though they've had good seasons, they're um they're in that sort of no man's land, aren't they? Where I guess they'll be pushing for Conference League places or maybe even Europa League at a uh, shout. And we've got yeah, we've got these games against is it Palace, Bournemouth, and Forest. Forest away, the sort of games that we've lost one nil all season. You know, I, I I annoy myself because I'd made up my mind we were going down when we lost to Nottingham Forest at home, and then but you 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 kind of change. They drag you back in. They drag you back in, and then you yeah, idiot. There you go. That's <laughs> what. That's, so you like an idiot. You suddenly think, oh yeah, we can get back into this. And I, you know, I wrote I wrote a bit on my blog, which wasn't the best thing I've ever written, where. You you know you're looking at the um you're looking at the games coming up and thinking yeah we could get through there we could get through there but performances like today just make me think I just wish I just wish it was over to be honest and I can't be bothered with it anymore <laughs> that's, that's genuinely what I feel after performances like today and it's not just today in isolation it's 
today and other games of that ilk of which we've had so many this season. Don't gonna, don't don't see anything to get optimistic about, to be honest. It's, it's going to be death by a thousand cuts, isn't it, Steve? I was just looking at the league table as well, and and whilst it doesn't look as bad, there's signs around us, sides around us that have got games this week. I think Everton play Monday night, don't they? Bournemouth um, are playing on Tuesday. Leeds Forest is a huge game, and then Leicester, I think, have got a, a game on Tuesday. So by the time the Man City game comes round, it, it could look even worse. Yeah, I mean Le- Leicester have probably given themselves the best chance of staying up by booting Rodgers today. <laughs> Um, I mean, by the sound of it, they were absolutely pumped by Palace uh, yesterday. And this is a Crystal Palace team that hadn't mustered a shot on target in three consecutive games. And I think they had something like 31 shots in that game yep. yesterday. I mean, um, and Leicester, must, Leicester had three, I think. Um, I mean, it's just pathetic. And... I think Leicester have made the right the right call, and it's and it's probably given the given the players that they've got in that team, you would imagine that it might be a case of well, we're just bored of this bored of the, this guy's kind of just the cliches and only ever looking out for himself and sort of absolving himself of any responsibility for it all. And when he's gone, all of a sudden pressure's off, a little bit of freedom, and they've got enough quality in that team to um, to stay out of trouble, as West Ham have, um, despite. Um, looking fairly dull themselves today, but it's kind of what you expect from from David Moyes, I suppose, at the moment. And especially especially when when he starts getting his back up against the wall, he he basically doubles down on it. Um, and Rogers, I, Rogers, I find is exactly the same. And and Leicester have kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit by by keeping hold of him. I think largely because they, I think they they weighed up the cost of having to bin him off. And his forty-seven million strong backroom team, and and thought, well, no, we'll we'll take our chances that there's three worse teams than us. And all of a sudden, they dropped into the into the bottom three with uh, nine games to go. So, um, yeah, I th- I think those games midweek. I mean, some will go for us, some will go against us. That's it's the way it's the way it's happened all season. Really, there's there's not been a single week where every game's gone for us. There's not been a single week where everyone's gone against us. So just got hope that enough teams are kind of kept in kept in touch really i think i think palace as we as we probably said two weeks ago that their run of fixtures that they've just had kind of painted a false picture of how bad they were and they've now got basically everybody below them to play so i don't i don't see them being being in any danger whatsoever um so actually by the time they come to us in two weeks time they might already be safe and it's kind of um slippers on on the beach, yeah. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's get the towels and head down to the beach, lads. Um, but we'll see. Well, we can, but hope we can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Enjoy that. Um, let's get on to our next game then, which is Man City on Saturday. It's the five thirty kickoff at St Mary's. Glenn, the optimist, is going to point to the cup win that, of course, was two 0 Is that the motivation for the league game? Guess so. Yeah, I mean, we we got to hope that Man City, they've had a couple of games this year where they haven't turned up, but they're turning up at the moment, aren't they? Because they're in the they're in the situation, as I said earlier, where they're, I don't know how many points they are behind Arsenal. It's quite a few. They need to win virtually every game between now and the end of the season. And when they went 1-0 down against Liverpool, um, I thought, oh, that's it. That's interesting. We'll see how, see how that one goes. And they, they've ended up winning that by a street. I mean, the only thing that might impact them, I guess, is... Um, is you know their quest for the Champions League um, might might derail them later on if he if he has to try and rotate. But 
I mean, let's let's face it, they've got they've got so many ridiculously good players. And and he we've got to remember about the Carabao Cup. I know it's a great win for us. And um, you know, I'm not putting a damp dampener on that from our point of view. Pep did rotate not particularly well in that game. You know, yeah. playing Carl Walker at centre half for the very first time. He left out De Bruyne. He left out Haaland. Calvin Phillips coming in, wasn't it, for his Calvin, only, Calvin only, Phillips. only game this season? Yeah, Calvin Phillips played, and, he, and he, you know, and and they were they were very poor in that game. And they, there is no way that he's going to do that again against mm. us, especially as he knows that he can be beaten at St Mary's because it's happened a couple of times. Um, so I I just think Manchester City will take this game incredibly seriously, and and it will be a a full-strength Manchester City side. I know Haaland was injured at the weekend, but if he if he's fit, I'm sure he'll be back. And if not, oh, they've got a guy who just won the World Cup to play up front instead of him. So it's it's not exactly a hardship, is it? And my my sort of current sort of feeling with us is that we're we're just a, a crap football team, really. And and all the all that we've got is um, you know, we do tend to put in a performance when we know that if we don't, we're going to get absolutely hammered. So we do put it in against the better sides, you know. So we may, we may sneak something out of it, but I would say five percent chance. Not not much optimism going into that game at all. And uh, as you can tell, I'm at the um, I'm at the stage where they've broken me basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Again. surprised it's, it's taken this long. Um, well, no. St- Steve, is the, you know looking into a crystal ball? Is this going to be another one of those? Uh, as Glenn says, we do try, we do tend to step up against the the bigger sides. Can I, if you're you're trying to think about the the narrative of the game, is this going to be another ten out of ten performance? And then actually, you know, we get a hiding, we put in a good shift, but come out three or four, three or four nil down. Well, I mean, we've we've seen us go both ways in that, haven't we? Um, we've seen us have games against the likes of City, even. Um, when they were probably a better sort of team unit in previous years, and um, we've got positive results against them home and away. And but you've but basically everybody has got to be kind of an eight, nine, or ten out of ten performance from first whistle to last. Hmm. You can't you can't get away with having even a dodgy five or ten minute spell in a game because that's because they will sense it, and that's the point at which they'll they'll basically just tear you to pieces. I mean, we're just as likely to throw in an absolute shocker, but. I mean, in in fairness, we we do tend to be kind of hot and cold, literally going from going from one end to the other week by week. And we've had our we've had our relatively poor performance today. Um, maybe next week's the good the good one, and and we can effectively hand Arsenal the title. Which, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody would have expected anyone to be saying that um, this time last year. But it's it's one of those you've got to have a system that the system's got to negate the way City are going to hurt you the most, which is, as we know, uh, and as we've set up against them before, you've got to defend very narrow, force them into wide areas and hope that their crossing isn't very good, which for the most part, certainly when they've played us before, it hasn't been. Of course, now they've got a massive monster of a guy um, who can get on the end of those crosses. So you've then got to kind of defend those crosses a bit better than than we do historically. I mean the last last few years, the number of goals we concede just from just from basic crosses into the box is kind of terrifying. So yeah, I mean there's there's a lot there's a lot that's got to go our way if we're going to get some anything out of the game. Even if we're only going to get a um a one goal defeat to make sure that our goal difference isn't completely screwed. 
um, things have got things have got to fall our way, and yeah, you've you've got a you got to go into it with with a bit of hope, but not a great deal of expectation, I would imagine. Let's just hope that the if we come back to the twelve goals we've conceded from set pieces this season, if we're still talking about that this time next week, then would have done all right. And Glenn, is this one where he sets up the team just not to get a hiding? Is it is it about the goal difference for this one, or um, we've talked about maybe changing the formation up, going four three three, and trying to get balls into to the box? Is, is this not the game for that? Is it all to do with the Palace game the following week because that's the one that we could conceivably win? Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see if. If Sellers does anything different, because in this game Ralph Ralph always went four two two two, and that used to give City problems in pre Erling Haaland days. I can't remember to be honest what formation we played when we beat them in the Carabao Cup. Should have looked at that before I came on. But so it'd be interesting to see if if Ruben Sellers does anything different. Um, it was Lianka at right back, if you remember? Oh yeah, or or whether he just um, or you know whether he just regurgitates it and plays. Uh, you know, a slight variation, maybe with different people of the formation we play today. But if if I had to guess, I reckon it'll be four two 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 again, and we'll have Elianusi and someone else in in the wide areas. Um, and it'll it'll all be about what we do off the ball. I, I would think if if Che Adams isn't fit, that Onoachu will play mm. because that you know that might cause some problems if we just load a load of crosses into the box. Because I mean. He he is a handful. I mean, he's he's big and he's clumsy, obviously. But when um, I noticed one one bit when we were about to cross the ball into the box from a corner or a free kick, Kurt Zuma and a, a Gerd today were kind of panicking about who's going to pick him up. I mean, Kurt Zuma's the biggest, but he was desperately trying to hand him over <laughs> to someone else. Um, yeah, he's not so good when he's not kicking cats, is he? Um, someone bigger than him, he didn't fancy it. So... You know, he he will cause problems because City centre-backs, they're not going to be used to playing against someone like that. You don't get many of those in the Champions League. <laughs> sort of six-foot-eight strikers. So um, if you, you play him, then you need a couple of decent wingers. Yeah, you need, or, you, or you need to be trying to work the crossing positions for the likes of Warprouse. Walker Walker-Peters. Yeah. And, Got to get the ball first against City. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You you need to have some sort of plan. And I know against City, it's mostly about, you know, defending and making sure you concentrate for 90 minutes and not give anything away. But, you know, part of that is you've got to have some sort of threat yourself. Otherwise, they can just camp on the halfway line and and just have 11 men in our half the whole time. And they will they will inevitably score if we don't offer anything. I mean, on the games where we got something out of them before, particularly the nil-nil game up at up at um, the Etihad where the game where Adam Armstrong got given a penalty and then it got turned around for some reason. That game, we had some real attacking threat in that game. And it, it helps you because it keeps City away from your goal because they just can't, can't just squeeze can't, the space. Yeah, just can't squeeze the space without worrying about what's going on. Mm. So, you know, what's going on at, at their end of the pitch. So, yeah, you never know. But as I say, I I, I, I can't see it. At the moment, I just I just don't see enough about this group of players. Um, but I will be interested to see if um, if Celeste does anything different or whether he just copies Ralph again. Yeah. Well, if you're watching along live, it's time to stick your score predictions into the comments. Um, I'm going to go with a 4-0 defeat. Uh, <laughs> start off nice and positive. Um, Steve, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? I mean, we'll have about 15% possession, won't we? <laughs> Yeah. Um, perhaps that'd be a better thing to guess. 
Yeah. Rather than the score. Yeah, what's, the, what's the possession? What's the what's possession, possession stats? differential? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, th- I think we'll 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 have 50, it'll be fifteen to twenty percent possession, and if we can get some set pieces, maybe then we might be able to get something. But realistically, it's it's going to be grim watching. Just sit back and hope that hope that we can just throw enough bodies in the way. Two 0 City. Two 0 All right, and uh, Glenn. Well, the you obvious know. thing. The obvious thing is to have three now, wouldn't it? In between your two scores, but um, I, I got a feeling we, I got a, for, for no logical reason whatsoever. I got, I got a feeling we might score, so I'll go three-one to City. Three-one, okay, right. We'll get the other guys to uh, give us their predictions as well, and we'll feed those in. So, um, just another defeat as well for the women's team today, and um, that was at Birmingham this afternoon. That finished two-one in the championship. That's about it for this week. Uh, thank you, guys. Don't forget, you can follow Total Saints Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. It's at Total Saints Pod. Over on the website, it's totalsaints.co.uk. That includes a link to our online shop, which is the Total Saints icons. And we're also on Patreon. That's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution, patreon.com forward slash Total Saints Podcast. There's four tiers on there, ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And each of the tiers comes with its own perks, including some weekly shouts for those patrons in the Francis Bernard and the Mick Shannon tears. So thank you to Dave Melton, Mark Atkins, Matt Hall, Andy Hollis, and also Anthony Thompson in the Francis Bernali tier. And thanks to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Matt Rose, and Nick Reed, who are all in our Mick Shannon tier. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.